Hello, livestock friends, and welcome to this edition of Before the Bid. This is a podcast dedicated to the livestock sales industry where we go behind the scenes of the operation and speak straight to the sellers. We discuss topics about the important aspects of their operation, location, the people behind the prep work, and talk about some of the animals that will be offered to you, the prospective buyers. Hopefully, you've got your sale catalog close by. You might have to go look through that pile on your desk. But if not, then you're probably like me and driving down the road or busy with chores around the farm. And that's okay, too. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy this segment of Before the Bid. I'm your host, Andy Howell. Welcome, livestock fans, to the second edition on Season 2 of Before the Bid podcast. And on this uh, edition of Before the Bid podcast, I have got yet another one of my favorite Indiana families that's going to join us on this podcast. And uh, a family that they and I go way back to... uh, uh, a while ago and, and just growing up, I've watched the kids grow up in this Angus cattle breed and uh, been a part of, of that. And they've been a part of the Angus breed and uh, been junior advisors here in the Indiana Angus. And we'll talk a little bit about that. And again, they run a uh, they run a, a program, family program that uh, diversified agriculture. They've got uh, they've got a lot of crop ground. They have had some uh, pigs and been in that program and and they've switched and and now they're more driven towards the cattle driven towards angus cattle and so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about those things and and how that all came about and uh, again a a family that uh, i admire a lot and i admire what they do it takes all members of their family to uh, pull this farm off and uh, all the things that they do and uh, just a, a really really enjoyable uh, family that I'm going to talk to tonight, and actually we're going to do a first on the podcast. We're going to talk to a father-daughter combination here on the podcast, and they're both going to uh, throw in some some things and ideas, and uh, talk about the the cattle and the operation and how things have moved on. So I'm very excited to uh, have on this edition of Before the Bid podcast uh, the Brock family. I've got David and Katie Brock uh, on here with me uh, for this podcast, and they have an open house sale their second annual open house sale and uh, it is going to be held Saturday September 19th of course 2020 and they come to us from Stylesville Indiana so uh, I want to welcome them uh, to the podcast and we've been talking here just a little bit getting this thing going and uh, we've been talking about what's everybody's role and uh, David says that, that Katie mostly runs the cattle but uh, she's got a little bit of a different project probably tomorrow because uh, laid some hay down and so uh, Dave it sounds like we're going to have to pull her off of those cattle for just a little bit tomorrow yeah she's going to have to get a early get her renting done so she can tend the hay that's for sure <laughs> probably uh, doing doing quite a bit of hay uh, with you guys uh, throughout the year I would imagine yeah it's, it starts starts early and well we this is the the last of today so we're trying to got to uh, shift focus to the crops here here the things are turning quick so right david uh if you would introduce us to the introduce us to the family uh here and and then uh we'll we'll get some background things okay well uh my name's david my wife's name's chris andy's our son and katie's our daughter um andy's 23 and katie's 21 so this is actually katie's final in December, if we get to go to Louisville, that's going to be Katie's 
or beef congress maybe will be her last function as a junior so we're uh bittersweet time this year um but yeah this we're running a farm that uh my grandfather started and uh, we're my uh, chris and i were lucky enough to be fortunate enough to buy my grandparents place and uh, to move in there and raise raise our family where they raise theirs so um but we're third generation farm dad he still gets out and helps us and I used to tell everybody he was always the first one, the first one here, but the coffee shop uh, changed hands and she doesn't open until 7.30. So, <laughs> so we're, usually, <laughs> we're usually got things starting, starting by the time he gets here. So has, uh, has to stay just a little bit later to, to get that coffee yeah. down, right? <laughs> there you go. Got to get caught up before he starts the day. So. Get, all, get all the town news right there, huh? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, his generation's Facebook, I guess. So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you're exactly right. And and David, takes back just a little bit about what your your grandfather started and and what he did, and and lead us up a little bit to to where you are now. Well, he, um, in 1962, he bought this place, and he'd been farming on the shares um, his whole life. Um, his dad died early, and so he kind of took that responsibility on as a young, young, well, really a very, very young man or a adolescent really. And, uh, he was, he was 60 years old before he was actually able to buy a place. And, uh, so then he, he, he had a lot of cattle and hogs and a little bit of crops and, and dad, he expanded the hog, um, as he moved into the, into his generation. And, uh, we, kept expanding the crops but more we i think he fed just about every bushel of corn we raised so um that was really our thing and or his thing and uh, i was fortunate enough we had some cows around and uh, mainly just scavenged off places that um you know was too rough to farm um but now then as i when i got out of college um, i had an opportunity to rent a farm with a pretty large cattle herd on it and uh took and that was that was what i was looking for is an excuse to get out of that hog barn so um but the way the hog economies went that's kind of you know that was just a step i didn't realize it at the time but it was just a step into a different direction so but and now we've expanded the crops where they're a big portion of what we do and uh then the cattle too they're um you know it's all we try to do it the volume enough of it to make it pay pay our time and pay for you know make pay its own way so right and you guys are running you guys are running everything up there corn beans um all, all of those uh all those different commodities right yes we do the corn the beans and enough hay to feed our cows um we've actually rented a farm here this year is our first year for it and they've got turkey barns on it so we're going to have to get back in the wheat business a little bit because the litter's got to go and the turkeys go. So, um, so that's going to be something else, something new for us. And, uh, but yeah, we're try to, you know, whatever, you know, typical Indiana, Indiana farm, I'd say. So. Right. Well, and, and you've brought, uh, you've brought both of, uh, both of the young people back, Katie and Andy, they're both uh, a large part of the operation. Absolutely. She, um, we started Andy, he went to college for a, a John Deere service tech program. And so he t- kind of takes care of the maintenance on our, 
on everything and uh and kind of i'm not when it you know every morning we are nobody's got a job that they're immune to so we all do whatever needs done but but he's we're kind of get he's kind of taking over the management of the grain the crop land and and katie's more the cattle and you know it's time to we need to vaccinate we need to hey this one we're gonna hey we need to get this one think to breed and uh, that's coming to put in embryos this day we got to get these ready and so she's kind of that's kind of her job right is to uh, help us manage help us and have everything on hand when it's time to go so that was always my big when it was time to go i was always running to get this and running to get the <laughs> what we needed to make it happen so uh, you got got two of them that say dad i need this and dad i need that yeah. right well, that's the beauty of a cell phone. I just pulled out my pocket and called somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to remember to run to the house and call anymore. So. Right. And, and I'm sure those two schedules uh, always work out to, to be just right, and, and there's there's no argument on who needs who well, needs what the <laughs> fastest, right? I guess I'm kind of starting to say, you know, I tell Katie, let's, with the open house especially, you know, we're in breeding. I said, you know, hey, we got to – you bet you if you need something, you better be getting it because we're getting ready to get busy. So, right. with the crops. So. Right. But it always seems like Mother Nature, she gives you opportunities when you're trying to farm in the – trying to dirt farm. She gives you opportunities, rainfall, and weather to get caught up on your cattle work. So. Right. Right, and let's and let's not forget to uh, to mention again and, and highlight that uh, lady that really runs everything. Yeah, uh, your your partner <laughs> in crime there, uh, Chris. Uh, yeah. That, if, yeah. If people don't know Chris Brock, they uh, they really need to get to know her uh, because because she is a she is a one of a kind uh, type of a person. She she's a farm wife taken right out of the fifties. <laughs> she's right there doing whatever you know if it's uh and really she's she's the driving force behind all of us and 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 keeps everything straight and you know this if you don't take care of the financial parts when in agriculture you're you're not going to last long and she you know does all the book work and keeps track of the embryos and who we've ai to when we turn the bulls in and on the commercial side which bulls which she's got a list of the cows that run with that bull and and uh, that really has helped her with her freezer beef and doing some some of that stuff. So, right, yeah, and I didn't I didn't even mention the freezer beef uh, side yet, but but uh, you guys are, are starting and, and running uh, quite a few cattle through in a, in a freezer beef program. Well, thanks to if there's a good side to COVID, that's really expanded our our freezer beef uh, business this year. Um, I think she's 57 or eight head steers she's taken in. And, and sold mostly in quarters, halves, and holes, and and uh, she's got the appointments. So, um, you know, if anybody listening here needs a needs an appointment, I'll give her a call. So, oh, that that's hard to find these days. <laughs> Your well, phone's gonna be ringing <laughs> off the hook here. <laughs> she's a, she seems to run those appointments a year ahead. So, oh wow, it's that... hard. Then we gotta scramble around find a calf. So, right, right. Now, David, as I, as I mentioned earlier, you guys didn't always start in the Angus cattle. Uh, you you kind of came through the the commercial cattle, and and if you would lead us into to how you got more involved in the Angus and and breeding more Angus based cattle. Okay, well that the when I rented that farm with the cattle herd on it, they those there were ninety white faced Hereford cows and twenty bred 
baldy bred heifers mm-hmm. and we were selling we were all cow calf mm-hmm. and uh everybody and at the time you know i used to say i didn't I, i'll sell purple ones if that's what brings the money <laughs> right and, uh, so but the, you had to have a black calf you know if you were going to sell feeder calf and so but the angus calves the bulls we got you know they were they calved easy the calves grew you know very trouble free and we tried some other things and you know, once these EPDs started coming on and, you know, if you watched what you were doing, you could really, you know, like a birth weight or calving ease, that was the main thing I looked for. But I never wanted to be an extreme low birth weight. But the wean weight, yearling weight, those were about the only three things I paid any attention to. And uh, but, uh, but as the kids got older, they started showing calves. And uh, Andy, I remember that steer, we just weaned the calves and sorted this steer out and seen if we could break him. And uh, that was his first first steer, and uh, they got to talking more about purebred, showing some purebred cattle, and that was my excuse was if we're going to show purebred, we're going to show Angus, so we can at least have Mama Cow someday if we decide to quit. So, mm-hmm. and boy, I tell you, we got involved with the Indiana Angus Association, and and what it's just a tremendous the junior association, state and national. It's just been a tremendous thing for us, and. And uh, I think that's part of the driving force of what we're doing with these show calves is trying to give back and and uh, to some other kids. And if we can bring them along and and for a positive positive uh, experience, that's that's what we're all about. So right. And you guys, uh, you guys just came right into the junior advisor uh, role just just right <laughs> at the right time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Our first. Uh, it was the first uh, last time we had junior nationals in Indianapolis. That was our first year, and uh, in fact, Courtney Chase was our senior uh, senior member. There's three three families or the junior advisor team, and she was our senior senior member. And uh, lo and behold, she didn't have a baby about two weeks after that junior nationals. So <laughs> during junior nationals, Kate said during junior nationals. So uh-huh. that was yeah, that was uh, that was a learning experience for sure. So. Right, but a great, great experience. So. Yeah, you guys got right in there, and I, and I remember just how active you guys were, and and uh, just anything that anything that was needed, you guys were right there, and and Chris was right there, and and it's never even it's never really stopped. Well, that's you know it's something you may lose the title, but you really don't lose the if you got a heart for it and enjoy it like we did and like most do. Um, you know, it's uh, you want to be a part of it and. And it was honestly, yeah, we were pretty new to the Indiana Ang Association when we'd done that, but man, we got to know people, and uh, some of the best friends we've made, um, you know, are, are Angus people that we've met, you know, Indiana and nationally. It's just been, uh, it's just been, it's quite an experience. So, right. And and raising raising those young people up through this Angus program and and they didn't just stop with the Angus cattle they've uh, got some they've got a lot of success in in FFA things uh, coming up through high schools and two different high schools actually uh, that that they had to come up through to to get the FFA experience that they wanted and and took the dedication to uh, do those different things Katie you want to hit on that just a little bit we'll get you in here and and tell us uh, a little about you and Andy's FFA experience and. And some of the successes that you guys have had through that. Yeah, definitely. First of all, I want to apologize to any other father-daughter duos who want to do this. We might ruin it for everybody. <laughs> but uh, anybody else who wants to be on the podcast? Yeah, you're setting the bar high. 
Yeah. <laughs> so at the time when Andy and I were going through high school, uh, he's a couple years older than me, was two grades ahead of me. Our high school that we lived in the district was just getting started on an FFA chapter. And we had uh, both known we wanted to be in be in the ag industry as we've grown up and kind of come into a profession. So we wanted the best experience we could have with FFA and the and the best um, education we could get in high school before we went to college. So we ended up going to Danville um, and were got uh, fortunate enough to be some of the students from Mr. Hughie at Danville, and he's just a really really good teacher. Probably anybody listening from Indiana and around the FSA knows who I'm talking about. And that was where we found our best fit um, was going to be going to be taught by Hughie and coached by Hughie in different uh, different contests. But um, so when I was in middle school, I Andy was already two years ahead of me. He was already planning to go to Danville his junior and senior year. That was the that was the catch. You had to have enough credit where you would have that space in your schedule for a travel time and then um, credits at a different school. And so he went his junior and senior year. I saw him getting ready to do that when I was in middle school and ended up starting to take some high school classes when I was an eighth grader with the hopes that I'd be able to get started a little earlier. And I was, I, I started my sophomore year and we went over there and just got as involved as we could still going to two different schools. And then it ended up that I transferred my senior year and graduated from Danville. Um, there as I was wrapping up. There was a reason why you had why you did that, correct? <laughs> yeah, I was going through officer elections and ended up my senior year was not uh, elected president of the chapter and they had asked me in the interview what I was going to do if I was president of the chapter and I didn't went to a different school and I had told them that I'd already printed out transfer papers because we were already getting a little friction trying to go back and forth between schools and some schedules had changed on both ends, and it didn't look like it was going to work out for me to finish something I'd started. And so I had my transfer papers ready to turn in, not depending on how the officer elections went out, just depending on the time I was getting to fill them out and working with the both schools on what the, the transfer procedure, I guess. Right. And you guys both you guys both did uh, um, CDEs, correct, and, and were successful in those? Yep, Andy, he was uh he did his soils and livestock. I got a little in some leadership contests as well, what he did in Agmec demo with the guy who ended up being his roommate at Lakeland one year. And then um I ended up doing um some some parley. I did meets and got um really enjoyed that. Ended up getting to go to Denver uh for the meets contest out at the National Western. And then um, did job interview and livestock as well. Great. I got to, I, my senior year, I did the job interview contest and ended up winning the state and got to go back to national convention my freshman year at Lakeland and compete in the job interview contest. Right, right. And, uh, uh, what what a great what a great young lady, uh, Katie is. If you don't know Katie, uh, you you need to meet her and and uh, you you can. You will know from her that that she is a, uh, a little bit different than uh, most young ladies growing up in the agriculture world. Uh, uh, just uh, just the uh, poise that she has and and the way she conducts herself and and uh, you can tell she learned one a lot from home and then uh, two learned a lot coming through that FFA program. 
just a great young lady uh, to be around. And you guys went from the commercial, and now you're you're up over a hundred and some uh, Angus cattle, and and the the young people, Katie and and Andy, have been through showing. And and you guys have have learned a lot through that, and uh, you you even took the hog barn, and and you did something with one of the hog barns that I thought was pretty interesting. Well, yeah, it was my dad's barn. He farrowed in. Um, he had thirty farrowing crates in there on a over a pit. It was an eight foot deep pit, mm-hmm. and uh, we went. We cut doors in it so we could get to it. And then we ended up pumping it out as much as we could. We knocked the floor down into it. And then uh, it was 24 tracks of loads of rock. Oh, wow. We filled that up and hung gates. We made a ramp so the skid loader could get down in the pit. That was Andy's job. I told him (laughs) we had to back her up there, too. I said, I'll fish you out (laughs) if you get too far down in there. But, (laughs) But, yeah, that was. And then, you know, this this whole thing's just been full of great memories. And that was, you know, everybody's working together to make that barn what they wanted. And, and uh, we had a, we formed up a little place and had a little, got a, a, a conservation gift of some concrete. So we've got a, made a wash rack inside and, and done some things. And, you know, for what it is, it's, uh, we're, we're pretty proud of it. So, of that, how that barn turned out. So. Right, and using it for a lot of different things, uh, not only for show cattle, but also for calving cows and things like that. Absolutely. So, yeah, Dad, he had an office in there. We kept freeze. All the water came through there, and so we kept it heated for the uh, keep his water thaw, and that's been turned out to be a great place to put January calves, and not just show calves, but, I mean, especially show calves, but, you know, that some of them brutal, brutal nights, you know, they all need a, doesn't hurt to put them all high and dry. So, and so uh, you you mentioned Katie's Katie's last year uh, being a junior and, and showing it at uh, Louisville and and uh, Beef Congress coming up and things like that. And so you guys have decided that that you're going to offer some of the cattle that you guys are raising and and breeding and and you you've gotten. I don't want to say you've gotten away from the Angus, but you've added a little bit of other uh, breeds and, and other flavors into this Angus herd. Well, that it seems like every generation wants to do a little something of their own. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was the cattle altogether were, were my different. And uh, and as the kids got to showing cattle, like we mentioned that, wanted to do with the Angus. And Katie, she's starting to put in a, some Simmental influence and, the you know that is one thing about the Simmental breed there is a lot of flexibility with the showing a half blood or mm-hmm. or being able to register a steer that's maybe not purebred Simmental so mm-hmm. and so that you know work for the juniors and, and that kind of thing so so that she's been using some of our better cattle what we consider our better cows to either well she's got a steer in this sale that's uh, AI and then we've also got a an embryo calf, uh, half half blood. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and and we can uh, we'll we'll get into these into these sale cattle or open house cattle in in just a second. But but you guys, 
I, one thing I really admire about uh, seeing you guys out and, and seeing you guys on the show road, you guys are, are obviously all about these juniors. And, and one of the things that, that I really admire about you guys is, is, is you guys always have some other young people with you that, uh, that, that they're not Brock or, or they're not family members. Uh, can you tell us a, a little bit about what you guys do for some of those juniors? And, and it's kind of, it's, it's a lot of customer service that you guys do. Well, I, I'll speak for first. Um, we're on the, where we live, we're located on the, you know, in the donut County surrounding Indianapolis and our, you know, to keep, there's a lot of kids, with the desire to show livestock and maybe not have a place to keep them. So um, that is something we offer if it's, uh, if you need, if need be, uh, we can work out something to keep one here, especially now that the kids are, are getting past the, you know, showing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that gives affords us a little more room for that kind of thing. So, and we're not wanting to take over their project, but we are wanting to help them, you know, we'll work out a deal with them or they, they can stay here and, and, uh, you know, that's something we offer. Um, and then I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to say that we know everything about it. But, um, my gosh, we've learned a lot in the last 15 years. And, and we'd like to, you know, give back a little to all the families that have helped us and and want to uh, give back to the next generation and keep this thing going. We need, there's, I don't, the agricultural industry, whether it be beef cattle or anything, can't have too many friends, it seems like, nowadays. So it seems like if you can get, get a kid or a family involved, they're really, you know, that they get a heart for it and, and, uh, maybe in a, you know, what's somebody, you know, an advocate for agriculture as well. Katie might be the, the, the youngest member of this family, but, but I've seen her be a, a big sister to a lot of young people. Yeah. I've, uh, I've been able and been fortunate enough to do some of that you know, older sister mentoring, if you will, at least trying to keep them on somewhat of the right path or give them a good start anyway. Right. I think dad touched on it. When we were getting started, dad, well, back a little bit further than before when we were getting started, dad finished up in 4-H showing cattle just the last few years. He was um, an actual member. And so he had learned as much as he could in just a few years and he started Andy and I with that um but then was humble enough and wanted us to have a good experience enough to get us hooked up with people that could teach us and bring us along as well and I don't think there's you know we can say thank you as many times as we want but I don't think there's any better way to thank them than try to do that for the next group of kids that's coming behind us and we've got kids that have never had cattle before that are getting started in it first generation showmen if you will and we're just doing our best to, to start them out you know 15 years ahead of where we started and i'm putting you on the spot because we didn't even talk about this at all but do you have some of those people that you remember that helped you guys kind of get to where you are oh i mean i'm hesitant to start naming names and i'll start off apologizing if i miss anybody but the fry family there in danville they really got us started um the cory and dad were in 4-h about mm-hmm. the same time um, and got us started there. Uh, Carl Gillette did a lot to help us out more on the Angus side once we got a little more involved in the Angus. Um, in the last few years, I, or the last year, I guess, the heifer that I showed um, of the cases this last year and then in 19 as well, Tyler and Courtney have taught me more probably than I ever thought I would learn as I'm 
technically aging out and not really a, a 4-H junior anymore and just a, a junior circuit member. And Again, I apologize if I missed anybody. Well, yeah, Caitlin Wilson was a big, yeah. was Katie's men, showmanship mentor over the years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Andy, that's the, to me, that's the best part about the Angus breed. I mean, we raise great cattle. I'm not going to say we don't, but um, the people that are involved are just, you know, you become part of a family or a fraternity or a, whatever you want to call it, you know, when you start. If you, if you bring a calf and bring a calf back the next year, it's, uh, you know, you've really, you, it's almost, they've adopted you. And, and for the most part, it's, uh, you know, it's just anything you need and, and uh, willing to answer a question. Sometimes you got to be bold enough to ask, ask a question, but they'll, they seem to want to help you out as much as they can. So that's really been uh, been inspiring for us to, to be involved with that kind of an organization. So. Right. What a, what a great place to, to raise young people. Well, I've always kind of told people when they come to look at cattle, you know, I said, we're, we're raising kids here. The cattle's a tool. So, um, you know, we want everybody to be successful as they can, but that's, uh, you know, the, the cattle are the tool to help us raise the kids. There's so many lessons to be learned doing this. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna let Katie showcase some of those things that uh, that she's learned, and and some of these cattle that she's worked with, and and you guys have helped breed up to uh, be able to have this second annual fall open house, and again the the open house uh, Saturday September nineteenth, and uh, it's it's from one to five, and I'll let you guys talk about the bid board and things, and again it is in uh, they claim to be from Stylesville because they can see see Stylesville, but uh, if you're gonna look at it on the on the map or punch it into your phone you're going to put in Coatesville so uh I will uh Katie tell us uh tell us about these lots that, that you guys have in here we've got um as the, for the total we've got nine lots in the open house of the show calves and dad will talk a little bit more about some stuff we might be doing private treaty on the side but I'll talk about the show calf side to get us started here and uh, we've got six lots that are going to be purebred Angus. We've got five or four heifers for you and two steers. And then he's let me put a couple of my scimitols in as well. I've got a, a solution heifer and two steers that'll show his purebreds here in the state of Indiana. Start us on that lot one and uh, and just start uh, just start down through these cattle. All right. Well, our lot one heifer, the um, BFAC Bailey 2001, her she's a an embryo calf that we had out of uh, her she's out of colburn primo a, a bull i don't think i need to talk too much about especially if you're paying a little bit of attention to the angus breed and even some of the other breeds that are using angus influence but uh, back on her on her dam she was a heifer i showed in 2015 that we bought off of the fosters up there in michigan she won her class at hoosier beef congress was uh, the dam herself did. She was third in her class at the National Western Stock Show during the junior show out there in Denver. Um, a heifer that's been really successful for us. I know on our footnotes of the sale last year, we claim you don't want to make a favorite donor. They're, your cattle kind of become like your kids. You can't really make pick a favorite, but if we did, it would, it would be that clover, that 925 cow. She's just one of the ones we've had a whole lot of success with and, and are really proud of the calves she throws for us but the lot one of herself she's a she's a february born heifer i think she's going to be awfully competitive this season a uh, flush mate to her was uh, reserve champion 
at the Putnam County Fair Reserve Champion, Angus Heifer, that is, and was second in her class at the Hoosier Beef Congress up there. A real competitive heifer for a nice family we've got over there, and we thank a lot of her enough that we've made a flush mate lot two as well. So you say the the lot two is a is a flush mate a lot one? Yep, the lot two we decided was we were making our our sale order here, or at least putting lot tags in them that we were just going to lead them off with this flush mate duo that we re- we really like this mating. We were pretty proud of it. So that lot two heifer, she's going to be obviously the same mating, a lot of the same stuff I already talked about, except she's a March-born heifer. In, in our embryo program, we like to run two groups. We'll do one in February. and to be They'll be born in February and one to be born in March. Um, so this heifer is out of that second group. She'll be a, She's a late March heifer. We think she's awfully pretty. Um, we have been watching this lot one heifer grow up all winter long, of course, in spring and seeing how she's come into herself. And we've thought, you know, been kicking around with each other as we were checking cows that we think she's, we think she's awfully good. We think she needs to be in the open house, this, that, and the other. And we got that lot two heifer on feed. You know, she's a month behind the February's, but she's really come into herself as well. And we think that she ought to be awfully competitive, same, same, breeding same lineup but heifer a little different she's a little hairier than your february heifer um, and she's definitely a little stronger spine um, even than their flesh mate that showed last year which we think is going to make them a little, just a tick more successful than the one we had last year mm-hmm. well that's good yeah two very two very nice females to lead that thing off yeah what about your lot three female well, if you'll uh, if you want to look on our website or at our sale lineup, you'll see she's the out of the same donor cow. And like I said, I, we can't pick a favorite, but she'd definitely be up there. This lot three heifer, she's sired by Silvera's GQ, um, a really a good style son, and brings that that style into her breeding as well. Um, she's a flesh mate to uh, she's a 1904 heifer that was in last year's open house. That heifer was shown by um, a family here in Hendricks County. They had a really successful summer. She was second in a really, really tough class up at the Indiana preview show and then went on to be third champion Angus heifer and third overall at the, our Hendricks County Fair um, this summer. We think she's awfully good. She's, the heifer we had last year that was out of GQ was a little, little shorter spined, a little less hairy a little less of that show ring look, at least in my opinion. And I think this one brings brings a lot of that to the table that her older sister didn't necessarily. Good deal. Tell us about Lot 4. All right, Lot 4, she's a uh, BFAC Lucy 2002. She's going to be out of uh, a seldom rest Lucy that Andy showed that same year. I showed the clover cow. Um, that, that Lucy cow goes back to the Dameron Lucy that's been a, been a pretty – iconic donor here in the Angus breed. We think she's going to be awfully good for maybe a younger showman. She possesses a really, really docile demeanor when we've been breaking them. She's been um, one of the one of the easiest to come around. But with that, she's out of PDF Insight. And we he's, again, another bull. I don't really need to talk about his successes and himself. His Her donor was first in class at, uh, was a first class, excuse me, out of first class and brings a lot of a lot of packs a lot of punch on the genetic side. We think even if someone isn't necessarily super interested in being competitive in the ring, but wants a good breeding piece, this is the one for you. 
That was kind of what I thought of her when I looked at her when you when you sent me the pictures of her and, and uh, yeah. looking at her here on the on the website. We we ought to drive them to the to a website as well, uh, BrockFarmsAngusCattle.com, mm -hmm. and uh, you can go down there and hit the for sale tab and and uh, these cattle are down there. Uh, if you're not watching the podcast video, why you could follow along that way with us. So go right ahead, keep right on going, Katie. Yeah. So we'll go into the lot five. Um, he's one of the, like I said, we've got a couple Angus steers. He's one of them. The other one is uh, a little younger, a little further behind. And we thoroughly believe in the, if you can't take a good picture, don't, don't post a picture. And that lot six steer, we don't have pictures of him yet, but he's coming along really well. Just needed a little more time on feed and we didn't want to knock him by putting a bad picture on. So that's why, especially if you go through the website, I, I do know how to number things. There is a lot six missing and it's on purpose, but on the lot five that you can see, um, if you're, we think if you're in the market for a pretty competitive Angus steer and we think he's here in lot five, he's a, another GQ son that we've got out of a, um, another Dameron first class donor cow we've had around here. This year he's pretty wide top, big hips. Uh, moderate framed, I think that's a, an advantage he has over um, different Angus steers that'll be for sale here in the state. He's still going to have loads of product and performance, but not necessarily that traditional Angus steer that 1,500 pounds before he gets finished and big framed. We think this one will oh, fit in a little better in a, in a grand drive lineup if you can get him there. He's really nice. Yeah, and then uh, the lot six steer that we don't have pictures of, he is a, a flush mate to lot one and two. So that Clover Primo, we think he'll come along really good. Just like I said, he was a little greener on picture day and didn't want to didn't want to hurt him by taking a bad picture of him. And then as you go on go on down the website, you'll get into the lot sevens. That starts off the the Simital or Simital Influence division of the sale. This heifer that we're starting off with, she's a half blood. We think will be awfully successful this summer. She's um, out of that EXAR queen is a, a heifer I showed my, which is my very first Angus heifer. I showed her my first year in 4-H. She's raised several uh, successful Angus heifers for us, breed champions at our county fair and, and neighboring county fairs as well. Even the 2012 reserve grand champion female at Hendricks County. More than that, I think it, it speaks a lot for this cow that she was born in 08. And I know that dates me a little that she was my first show heifer that she was born in 2008, but she's still running around here doing really well. And I think that's something that she can bring that not, not many of these other show heifers can bring is a longevity. Some of these other ones, you get them real big boned and then you end up having some more structure problems with them, but that's not something we see in this family at least. You hit on something that I that I was going to. If you didn't, uh, uh, longevity. Uh, you're you're not that old and and uh, haven't been in in and showing that that long. So uh, if you've still got her around, she's still producing ones like this. Why uh, uh, she does? She's got the longevity right there in her, and and I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that. We've um, ended up that cow on herself. I'll brag on my little heifer, I guess, on the on her mom. She bred her first year while she was uh, she was bred while we were showing her. Went back to have a calf right away. We showed her in some calf calf pair classes, and she's not missed a beat since. Um, she's always bred back and have a calf. She's had a few that she's lost for freak reasons, but she's always at least put a calf on the ground for us. Great. But this lot seven heifer, she goes she goes back to load it up. He 
again, another bull I don't know that I need to talk a lot about. I've got uh, several loaded up trying to use his his influence. I've got a couple heifers here running around that have, on our Simital side that I, I really like out of him. And I think that he can bring a lot to a Simital and I, or to an Angus that we can make a, a good percentage with and try to try to melt some of the best of both worlds here. Mm-hmm. And then you go on to lot eight with the, the loaded up baldy steer. Yeah, and he's something that we're we're pretty proud of. I think I've said a couple of times to some of the families we've had in and out of the barn looking at these ones that I don't think for an Angus girl he's necessarily the worst steer we could have raised. Mm-hmm. But like I said in our in our footnotes on the website, I might be partial to him because of his extra color, but I think he could be really be a pretty fun summer um, for for us for a young showman. This steer is sired by, loaded up, like I said, and his maternal grandsire there um, is a Dameron first class back. He's out of the same donor cow that Lot 5 steer is. He's a, he's a steer, I mean, just phenomenal wide top, big, big bone. I think that when you get him fit up and you get him fed for some of these jackpot shows, I think he's one that could be awfully successful uh, for a kid who's wanting to be a little more on the clubby side rather than the Angus side. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, us young people growing up, and uh, I guess I can't say I'm young people anymore, but uh, I do have a young lady running around here, and, and she gets to look at a lot of uh, full black Angus cattle, uh, like I'm sure you're, uh, you've done for years and years and years, and uh, you get one of these bladed faces or something like that, and you, you kind of fall in love with them, don't you, Katie? Yeah, you really do. Colin and I joke a lot about you can't. We're not fortunate enough to raise a baldy heifer, so we're going to try to sell this baldy steer. We're just not that lucky. You've got to buy one if you want a baldy heifer around here, but <laughs> that's not just a regular crossbred. Right. Tell us about this lot nine. All right. Uh, finishing up the Simital division in the, in the showcast part of our sale, we've got um, this what we call the Maverick steer. His Mom, I showed my senior year in 4-H, bought her off of the, again, off the fosters there in, in Michigan as they were just getting started into their Simital sides uh, of their their fall classic sale. We, uh, I showed her she was pretty successful. I was a reserve heifer, a reserve Simital heifer over at our county fair, and she was second in her class at Beast Congress. She, um, we ran the points with her. Then we, of course, being farmers, we got a little busy in the spring. So she was awfully successful there at the, the beginning of the point circuit here in Indiana. But Lot 9 himself is out of Bandwagon, who sired the Supreme Champion female at the Badger kickoff and the Supreme Champion female at the 2018 Minnesota State Fair. He is a uh, maternal sibling to the 2020 Reserve Champion Simital Steer over at Hendricks County. He's This is a steer. I don't know what I need to do to this donor cow to get her to have a, a heifer calf. I've tried everything short of letting dad buy, letting dad letting me buy sex semen for her. We tried that this year, so we'll see if that works. She's, the two years she's had a calf for me, she's thrown steers both years, but or bulls, I guess. But this steer, I mean, he is just unbelievably structurally sound. She is as well, and I, I, I'm pretty awfully sure he gets she gets that from from his mom. He's um, can travel well a lot better. I think that's a, an advantage he'll have in these shows, especially as they get a little bigger and get a little bit more product on them as the, you're you're dragging them around later in the summer. 
he's a steer I believe will still be able to get around for those judges that are a little more concerned about uh, a structure and wanting to still build good cattle and not just have the look as well. He's still got a lot of expression in his muscle pattern. Uh, his his maternal brother that showed last year, he was the same way and ended up muscling up pretty well for for that that young kid that showed him. And I think that this steer will do the same thing as somebody who's a little more worried about structure and not necessarily con- concerned about uh, about all the pretties. I think this might be the steer for that for that young kid. Mm-hmm. This is a real nice, uh, real nice rugged, uh, nice rugged structurally correct steer. You can you can see looking at his mm-hmm. picture there, and I'm sure he's uh, as impressive uh, on foot. Yeah, we think he is, and uh, we've got him out and comparing these two steers for those that, those buyers that are looking at just steers and for um, for their young people when. They all, a couple of them have asked us, well, honestly, which one do you like better? And Dad and I argue back and forth. I'm a I'm a big fan of that Blaze face, and I, I like the the solid black steer plenty as well. But I think that Blaze has got a little more look to him. But you know, Dad being a, a commercial cattleman, he does like the structure that that the all black steer offers, the soundness he offers. You mean fathers and daughters disagree every once in a while? Is that what you're saying? No, that's the only. <laughs> thing he is my boss and that's the only thing we have disagreed about today so well that's good that's good if you guys can be family today but that's okay okay (laughs) if you guys can be family and then be your boss and that's the only thing you disagree about which one's better hey uh you're you guys are doing pretty well so katie tell us how this yeah we're not getting along too bad yeah Tell us how this open house is going to run. How do you guys do your open house? So we will um, we'll have the calves ready at 1. People can come look at them. The way we've got it set up this year is we'll have a bid board. Um, we're going to have a starting bid on them, what, what we would like to see, kind of a floor, if you will, mm-hmm. for these calves. And we'll, we'll have buyers or potential buyers get a number. And if they come at 2 o'clock and want to leave a bid on somebody, then we'll we'll write their number down and put it up on the board. So when those people who come after can kind of can know where we're at on these calves and how much they might be worth. And you don't have to hang out all day. We'll, we'll get your phone number down and they're getting into the end of the four o'clock hours as we're starting to close the board at five there. We'll start calling if people are getting knocked off and trying to figure out what people are thinking and wanting to do, but you don't need to necessarily hang out all day. You're more than welcome to, and come look at them, but know that that's not a not a commitment you need to make to be here all afternoon. We can give you a call and see what we're thinking as we're closing the board out. But we'll just have all nine lots up there, their price floor, and everybody. It's going to be open. Everybody can see the bidder number and the and the um, the price that they're at at the time. We won't put names or anything, so we'll remain a little bit anonymous on the buyer side, but mm-hmm. enough where it's fair. Everybody can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. throughout the day well good and you'd like them to be there and, and like to have this thing closed down uh at five o'clock and and hopefully have your phone calls done and and everybody pretty well know uh where they're at uh come that five o'clock hour correct ideally i mean it's a, of course it's not the end of the world if we're still trying to close stuff up a few minutes after five and i honestly kind of hope we are trying to close stuff up <laughs> right. a few minutes after five but uh, we would like to be closed just so it kind of it comes to a formal close and everybody knows where we're at at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. 
Yeah. Have Have you learned a little bit? You You're having your second, uh, the second one now. Did you learn a little bit from last year then? Oh, definitely. We didn't have a, a bid board necessarily last year. We had posted the 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 calf pedigrees and a little information about them on their gate and just put a price mm-hmm. on it. Um, and we had several people. Well, we'll come back at the end. Will you be closing out? And we were kind of, you know, if you make your offer at two o'clock and she sells, then she sold the rest of the day, and that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, ended up wanting something when we kind of finished up last year. And what can we look for for next year for this year? Um, wanting something a little more formal mm-hmm. and something we thought everybody would have a little better understanding of. Mm-hmm. Seem to learn a little bit more year after year after year. These guys are having sales for twenty and twenty five years. They still learn. There's a little growing pain there, but it's all good. Right, David. Uh, she mentioned you might have a little bit of something else going on here. <laughs> Uh, during this open house sale that that uh, may may not involve these cattle. Yeah, Andy, I've uh, well, you know, like I said, she touched on it earlier that uh, they kind of they took everything I knew about selling cattle in the first two years they were involved and started looking at other places for some more advice. So um, the commercial cattleman in me has always been drawn to more of a production driven calf um i love these show calves and i love the family time and memories we've spent with this show cattle but uh but i'm starting to think more about um a uh, maybe getting into some more bulls um the all the with the freezer beef we're selling starting to pay a little more attention to some of the carcass numbers um when i was buying bulls on the cow calf side uh calving ease and weaning weight yielding weight was about the only thing i looked at and mm-hmm. uh so we're starting to now that you're starting to see the finished product, starting to get some data, you know, from the, we have all the freezer beef, all the steers we take in, we get grade, uh, grade and yield and uh, carcass information back on. So we're starting to, starting to look more towards the production side of it and the, and the end result, you know, where we're headed. So um, we've bought some embryos. Um, these two lots of embryos were both out of Cowboy Up um, on the bull side. Um, there was uh, Maple Crest Elva, Ava. Um, she's a 3% wing weight, 2% yearling weight, and uh, top 10% on marbling. Mm-hmm. Um, she's top $5, top 5% dollar B. Um, we thought, you know, she was something that fit into what we're doing. We've got more than one heifer out of these uh, flushes, so we're going to have them on display and if somebody would want to take a look at them or or discuss the price on them we you know do a private treaty thing um we've also got some out of a black cap cow um she again doll is she's top two percent on weaning weight top one percent on yearling weight and top two percent on ribeye mm-hmm. so she's top two dollar b top four dollar c and top five percent on dollar w so, mm-hmm. um, but they also in this, I've learned if you're going to sell purebred cattle in Indiana, you know, if they're not in the front yard, they're around behind the barn and mm-hmm. people see them every day. And so you can't leave the phenotype behind. And, uh, I think a lot of these guys have, boy, you look at some extreme numbered cattle and, oh my, you mm-hmm. know, I just don't, just, it's not something I'm really too interested in. So mm-hmm. that's kind of our, our take on it is we're trying to 
bring the phenotype. Not saying we're trying to raise a North American or a National Western winner. We're but uh, but we're starting to try to put a make a more profitable cow together and uh, something raise some more uh, some bulls that'll be more useful and more profitable to our bull customers. So. Um, but like I said, we've got a couple of each of these flushes and, um, we've got a couple of bread heifers. I don't know they'll be on display, but we can go take a look at them. Um, you know, it's like, I've learned this a long time ago. There's anything for sale. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you gotta stop making some money somewhere along if you get the chance. So, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, they're, uh, kind of, they're going to be on display and, um, some of our older cows have got pretty nice heifer calves with them, uh, more production-based. We're going to try to have them there, too, where they can be seen. And and another another 12-year-old cow in that group and a 10-year-old cow in that group that's uh, nursing some pretty nice uh, heifer calves out of our inside herd bull. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we're trying to uh, – just trying to – just because you clean them up with the bull, you know, you still want to use a good one. So, mm-hmm. um, And really, we've – I don't know that we have any daughters from this bull. They've all sold. So, uh, you know, we probably ought to kind of put a few bin, few around behind the barn and, and hang on to them. But, uh, but like I said, it's, I, we're pretty proud of them. And like for at least somebody take a look at them if they want to come by and interest in that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, but they're, you know, they've got a little extra leather on their neck, a little shorter neck, uh, maybe a little, a little more, little more round shape to them maybe not as the crisp lines of a shell heifer but still very sound and very functional um and uh and really you know like i said we're we're uh, pretty happy with what we've got out of these out of these embryo these two embryo deals and we'd like to if somebody be interested we sure like to show them to them good yeah, so so more more cattle to the Brock Open House than uh, what's just on the flyer and and on the website and things. So uh, it'd be be worth the stop to uh, if you're up around Stylesville, uh, Coatesville area, uh, stop in there before before September 19th, or or if you can't wait, or if if you can't stop before, uh, be there on September 19th and and see all of these. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything else you guys want to add? Uh, want to throw in anything else we missed before we uh, wrap this one up? I don't think so, Andy. I just you know, I want to tell people don't hesitate to call uh, call me or one of the kids, and um, we'd be glad to talk to you. We'd be glad to show them to you. Um, we've had we've had a little bit of traffic uh, already, but uh, but boy, we just you know, there's uh, that's one of the like I was touched on earlier, the, the meeting the people and, and showing what you got and, you know, really does, you can have a barn a world beater, but it doesn't do you any good if nobody knows you have her. So, um, so we like to, we sure take, take pride in it and like to show them off. So, um, you know, if you agree with us and interested in one, that's great. And if, if not, that's fine too, but we welcome anybody to stop and stop and see them. So. Right. Well, that's great. Yeah. Call, call David, call Andy, call Katie. Uh, you can find some information there again, Brock, Brock farms, Angus Uh, they're all over Facebook. Uh, all of them have Facebook pages. Uh, so, uh, look those up and, uh, and you can get some more information, uh, from those. And, and there is a Brock farms, uh, Angus cattle Facebook page as well. Correct. Yes. Yep. We've all got, 
it seems like we've all got access to make posts on them, but it's normally me that's making the posts on them. Everybody else seems to be driving tractors or doing something else. So. Yeah. Yeah, or you guys all have your own personal ones. And if you really need some inspiration, uh, I know that Mama Chris, uh, she puts out a whole lot of uh, really, really good uh, inspirational posts. So if you're interested in that as well, as good cattle, right? Yep, Mama B, as we call her. If you need inspiration or help with anything, you better give her a call because she can probably handle it. <laughs> She's quite a deal. Well, guys, uh, I want to uh, thank you for joining me here on the podcast. The, the first uh, father-daughter duo on the podcast, and uh, what a great family and, and a great bunch of people that uh, to do this podcast with. And, and again, uh, just want to invite everybody, uh, Brock Farms, Angus Cattle in Stylesville, Indiana, uh, again, they're having their second annual fall open house Saturday, September 19th, 2020. Uh, from 1 to 5 is, is when they've got that bid board open, and they're uh, going to be taking those bids and, and uh, trying to be closing that thing down right there at 5 o'clock. So, David, Katie, uh, really appreciate you guys joining me here for uh, this edition of Before the Bid podcast. Well, Andy, we really appreciate you having us on and giving us a chance to talk about our calves and if nothing else, hopefully we haven't ruined it for future duos in, in the before the bid future. <laughs> no, set, set the bar high. You have set the bar high, and, and uh, it, it uh, sure has been a, been been a joy and been a pleasure of mine. Well, same with us, Andy. Good to talk to you. All right. Thank you, guys. Again, make sure you, you check out the Brock's Farms, uh, Stylesville, Coatesville area on September. Uh, Saturday, September 19th. And uh, again, we want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Before the Pit Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Before the Bid. For more information and to learn more about upcoming podcasts and sales, visit us at beforethebid.podbeam.com or Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram pages. For information on being a guest on Before the Bid, please email us at beforethebid at gmail.com or one of our social media pages. Remember, that's beforethebid at gmail.com. Happy sales to you, and we will talk to you next time on Before the Bid.